mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. Right, this is episode 20, and we are so excited that we've made it this far, Ruth. Woo! I can't yeah. believe we have 20 episodes. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. <laughs> and as we talked about on episode 15, we are going to attempt for each multiple of five to have a special guest. And so we are so excited to um, have math before dinner, because we don't make our special guests come before breakfast. <laughs> um, so episode 20 is going to include Mary Marshall, who is here um, to just talk to us about high school math and your journey and... Um, I guess I should share how we met, right? Yeah. Um, so many years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, I don't know how long it was, I um, was really into the flipped classroom. And so I uh, led a training for our division. It was like a week long, right? Yeah, or several days, three or four days. And um, I I don't know, somehow pulled some strings. And we, we had a, an academy where I taught teachers how to flip. And um, that was really fun. You were a standout awesome. participant in that. I don't know about that. <laughs> you, really you really were. You really were. And so we have um, struck up a good um, teaching friendship, I would say. And then um, Mary brings her kids to I Love Math Day um, to help out every year. So oh, she brought awesome. quite a crew this year. So that's how and we And I met. met her at NCTM. Mm-hmm. She is the... The high school representative, right? You were right. the only high school teacher. Yeah, that went I was the only high school uh, teacher that went Lynchburg from Lynchburg City. City. Yeah. All right. So why don't? Thanks for being here, Mary. Thank <laughs> you for asking. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your teaching journey and how long you've taught, how you got there, that kind of thing. Well, I guess this is a milestone. Ooh, this is year thirty. Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I keep getting things that say, "Do you want to retire?" And I keep deleting them. So good. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never really thought I had the patience to teach. Um, I went to school and I ended up working. It was Genworth. Okay. So I worked in the insurance business. And for some strange reason, I just decided I wanted to try it. So I got a long-term sub um, job with Charlotte County. Okay. And I left the insurance business on Friday and I started teaching calculus on Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. It was fun. <laughs> you jumped into calculus. It wow. was fun. It was really fun. Um, so I was there long-term subbing for about a year, and then Appomattox hired me. And I was at Appomattox High School for probably um, about 22 years. Okay. Then I went to the middle school as a math specialist. I was there for two years. And in January of 2014, I got a job with EC Glass. Okay. And that's where I've been since. So when you walked into calculus, you did you already feel confident in the content, or like how did that happen? <laughs> did you did you guys already discuss this? No, no. Like, we um, I looked at some of my old calculus books that I had from okay. college, and um, I was looking at. I was like, it can't be this bad because you know, in college, all of your professors have their own book that they wrote, mm-hmm. so that's what you learn from. Is right. they don't. So I pulled out one of my professor's old books, and I just started looking at it. And um, when I went in, luckily, they were on derivatives, so that, that wasn't too bad. Oh, yeah, that's lucky. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was fun. It so really what did you study in college? Did you just get a math degree? I have a math and economics degree. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. Yeah. I was like, who just takes calculus <laughs> that doesn't need to? Yeah. I mean. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Okay. It was better than having to read all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. I learned how to speed read in college, and that was about it. And so did reading. you have a teacher certification that you got later? Or? I got it later. So okay. I came in as a long-term sub, and what they ended up um, back in the old ages, there was something called BTAP. And people would come in from the State Department. They wouldn't even speak to you, and they would sit in the back of your room and mark off, check if you did like 15 different strategies. And you wouldn't know until weeks later whether you had all of those checked off. And what they ended up doing for me, um, uh, I have to give a shout out to Shirley I. She was my principal. And she said, well, I'm observing her. I'm giving her feedback. I'm doing evaluations. So the State Department took that as my sub, my student teaching. Nice. Wow. That's so cool. That means you yeah. must have stood out. You know, like, you, like that. I'm sure that she didn't do that for everybody. So well done. 30 years later, I would say she was right. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. So when you have a math and economics degree, this question, maybe I know the answer to, but <laughs> <laughs> what about your experiences with math in elementary school? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Were you indifferent? Because we've discovered that our experiences in math and how we were taught influences a lot of what goes on in our classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved all the teachers that I had. Um, I had a teacher in high school that I just loved, and um, Amelia Racer. And she was, she, we just had the best time in class. I don't care what we were learning, what kind of math we were learning. We just had the best time. It was only nine of us in the class now because it was called advanced math then. That's okay. probably math analysis now. But we would have the best time. And even after I was out of her class, we would keep in touch. And so think that kind of follows I try and I think most of the time we have a good time in math class um, we do Barbie bungee we do Ooh. angry birds parabolas and quadratics um, we do scavenger hunts with QR codes so I try to bring in some fun stuff just some different things mm-hmm. I think my I had a, a fourth grade my fourth grade teacher was a standout teacher and um, and I I often think about her and try to like, am I being as cool as she was? You know, she um, hatched. Have I told the story about the chicks before? She she mm-hmm. hatched chicks in her class, and and um, I to the teacher next door to me is hatching chicks today. Like she was like, listen, Aww. listen, you know, <laughs> we could hear it. And I just was thinking about her and how that was, was such a cool moment for me as a kid. So that's awesome to have like a really good teacher that you connect with and then want to like like that could you remember math that far back you know is it math or just in general just her i I remember one thing i the other thing i remember it was all related to the whole chicks it was all at the same time we got to make a thing to hold an egg and then i remember her going up on the roof and dropping our things down off the roof you know and then making omelets after the chicks had hatched and i had never had an omelet before (laughs) in my whole life not not related right what (laughs) yeah after they hatched like we had we had like a cell an egg chicken celebration you know and we've had omelets. I'd never had an omelet before. Yeah. So she was pretty great. Um, so do you have a math moment from today that you'd like to share? It could be something good that happened, something bad that happened, something funny that happened, anything that stands out from today. <laughs> well, right now we're studying sequences and series and it's just formulas basically. And they don't have to have the formulas memorized for their SOL test. Mm -hmm. So just trying to get them excited about it. And one of the kids, they were like, are we going to be able to use these little index cards on our SOL test? (laughs) 
And I said, well, you can't take that with you, but you do have a formula sheet that's mm-hmm. going to have this on there. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing the summation notation. And they were like, well, that looks like a stapler remover. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, it kind of does, <laughs> looking at the sigma notation. And then they said, but that's all we have to do is just put this in here, and we can put it in either Desmos or our calculator, and it'll do it for us. And I was like, yeah, this is really, you know, it shouldn't take you long to do it. So they were all excited. So they knocked out 25 questions real quick. Cool. <laughs> because they had the calculator. They had the calculator. Yeah. They had Desmos. Do you use Desmos? So I we do. Desmos is like a guest as like a guest of this podcast, he comes in. He comes every, in every time, every week. <laughs> He's sponsored. No, just it's kidding. Right. We're not. But yeah. Sometimes so, it seems that way. So I have finally can say with fidelity that I have used it in my classroom. And this week, I also um, led a training on how to like what the Virginia calculator is going to look like on the SOL right. test. And I and I led that for fourth and fifth grade teachers at our school to show them what to expect. And they were pretty blown away about like oh, what good. was available there. Um, and then at the end, I, it was five o'clock and they like their time was supposed to be up at five <laughs> o'clock. And I'm like, OK, so it's not just a calculator. If you want to stick around, I can get 10 minutes. I can show you something else. Cool. And everybody. But Luce, stop shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> Only two people left, got up and left and everybody else stuck around. And we did the quadrilateral polygraph. Oh, one, the, you yeah, know, yeah. And they were like, this is so cool. Yeah. So I've done also the prime number polygraph with my kids. Um, so that's what I've used so far. I've used the, the quadratic polygraph. I've used that with my kids when we were first talking about quadratics. And they had to describe it. And they had to use only math terms to mm-hmm. describe it. And they had mm-hmm. to describe the vertex, the axis of symmetry and stuff. And when they were doing that, I had an old friend that came to visit. And he looked at me and he says, they don't even know I'm in here. I was like... They're busy. Don't mess with them. Yeah. And he's like, what are they doing? I said, they're describing uh, what this graph looks like in math. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how'd you get them to do that? <laughs> so yeah. I, I like I like the bundles and stuff that yeah. they have in the Desmos. Yeah. Hmm. I have to share that with. So I have some students that I taught in sixth grade and. It's that whole relationship thing. And now they're in algebra and in, in algebra, two, And they're coming back in there. Writing problems on my board after school and want me to solve them. <laughs> And I'm like heavy into prime factorization with my sixth graders. And I look over and she's got this AX squared BX plus C and the axis of symmetry. And she's like, Missy, is this negative two, negative B over two? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You have to stop because you can't just rattle this stuff off to me and expect me to be able to jump right in. So now that I know, I'll have to put her on Desmos and we can play that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, we're doing parabolas. And I'm like, I know what a parabola is. (laughs) I don't know how to get to it. You know, I could figure it out. So you also have a grant for robots that you use with calculators? Wait, I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. I've been saving my math moment all day. I'm driving home because I want to tell my math moment. Tracy, do you have a math moment you like to share? I do. Thanks for asking. (laughs) So um, we... I, I last last one we talked about fractions and where we were going to start and so by we're a week later and by now um, some of my kids can add and subtract with mixed numbers some of them are just starting and some of them are getting their like adding subtracting just regular fractions with unlike denominators so we, we're like all over the place and I was working with that middle group that's like just just starting to get it and they were confused many of them were like I don't understand when you regrouped they just mm-hmm. you know the whole like 
it's you're not putting 10 over you're putting however many pieces over that you're working with and you know one kid got it and then one kid got it and then there's this little sweet little girl who never says anything she's just (laughs) afraid all the time she'll like quietly come up and have a conversation with you but in the group like that nothing 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 and she um i was explaining and something and i did something and she goes bing and i was like (laughs) Did you just get it? She's like, yeah. And I said, oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, just bing. Really, really straight She face. made that noise? Just like that. You want me to do it again? Bing. <laughs> it was like, that was amazing that she was aware enough of what was going on that I don't have it. it. I don't have it. Oh, I just I got, I just it. got it. I know where that, like, why it went from one to nine, you know, because we were sending over eights or something. Like, Oh, That's I so love neat. it. I love it. Did you have another one that you want to share? I didn't, we didn't ask you yet. Um, so we had chapel today. We had a field trip today. We had lunch today. So I had 20 you minutes. You said you were going to do a classes. number talk. Did you do it? I did. And? And Tracy convinced me that if I gave them a number line with three hash marks, zero, one, and two, first of all, I just wrote the number line on the board with three hash marks. And I said, Tell me three things about this number line. I got things like, it's thirds. Like, well, tell me why it's thirds. Hmm. And then someone was like, it's not thirds, it's fourths. Like, well, tell me why it's fourths. So we were all over the place. Yeah. They did know the arrows meant that it went on forever. (laughs) They did know that. Okay, that's good. (laughs) One thing. That's the starting part. I labeled it zero, one, two, and I gave them one half and one fourth and three halves. I couldn't remember what your last one was. And I said, place it. And then we did stand and talks and they convinced each other. And when you have a stand and talk, the rule is you can't talk to the person to your left, right, in front or behind you, but you have to go find someone else in the room. You can't sit down. You have to stand and you have to take your paper and you have to convince each other. Um, and if there's an odd number in the room, then you have to come convince me. <laughs> so first you get to pick your partner. And then I pull my popsicle sticks and I make random partners. So you have to go convince someone the second time. Well, I, I didn't believe Tracy. I didn't believe that sixth graders would put one half on one. This is zero to two number line. So it's, they're doing that because it's halfway, it's halfway between, between yeah. zero, zero and two. And so on the top, they had one half. And on the bottom of the hash mark, they had one. And I said, tell me about this. It's half. I was like, well, what is this? One. And are they on the same line because they're equal? I, we just, we talked and we talked. And then there was like, oh. Like someone even said, well, two halves would go right here too. Okay, mm-hmm. well, if two halves is going to go here, where's one half? So now we're talking about it on the board and people are giving their things. And I said, I would like for someone to use mathematical language and explain to me where you're going to put one half. And someone said, you're going to put it kind of in the middle between zero and one. Said, kind of in the middle? That's not mathematical language. (laughs) And someone said, you're going to put it halfway between zero and one. Jay just turned your volume way down. (laughs) That was like, and their little girl in the front row goes, oh, yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Just that number. Halfway between zero and one. Yeah. 
So, okay, so I got to ask, how what percentage do you think it was that were didn't put it didn't put one half between 0 and 1? Probably like 30%. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, yeah, crazy, right? Crazy. I I watched this happen because I watched a another fourth grade teacher, the teacher who's in the room before me, do this with her kids and I was sitting there going, "Oh my gosh. I, oh my gosh, I don't believe they don't know this. They don't know this." And so then I you you think your kids would do the same thing? I guarantee you I would probably have at least two to three that would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz they tell me all the time, I can't do fractions. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I know. And it's you know, it was very interesting to me because when we were talking about the three hash marks, a lot of my students called them benchmarks. And I said, well, tell me why you're calling this blank number line a benchmark. And one of them was like, well, because our fifth grade teacher called them that. And she said we would learn more about benchmarks in sixth grade. Hmm. Oh, she did. Huh. So we went back to where I was getting, but or what they were trying to tell me and what in one class, they were like, oh, maybe she didn't say benchmark. Maybe she said hash mark. Mm-hmm. And then in another class, she said, no, I think she did call them benchmarks because isn't a benchmark something you use that you know to help you with something that you don't? And so if that's a benchmark of two, then that would help me know where to put three halves. And then someone else said, oh, yeah. And when we had that estimation station, she would show us a little jar of M&Ms that had 25 in it and we had to estimate how many were in the big jar Hmm. but wasn't that a benchmark because that's what you knew and you were using it to guess that's cool pretty cool i like that so yeah yeah, those hash marks are benchmarks because that's what you're going to identify first and Hmm. when we were placing one fourth we went back to that vocabulary like isn't it easier to know where one fourth goes if you've already placed your benchmark Mm -hmm. of one half yeah Cool. I think it, I think based on their explanation, that word, word works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got all kinds of things like ticks and yeah. I, like you can just tell them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Keep doing number talks. Okay. You want to ask your question now that I've finished? Bu- yeah. The robots you? and your calculators. Tell us how that's going or what that is. Um, I filled out a grant and I got um, almost $5,000 last year from the Lynchburg Education Foundation to purchase 10 of the Rover um, TI robots. I also got a 10 10 calculators, TI graphing calculators, TI84 plus color graphing calculators, and the charging stations. And um, I had... Calculators have charging stations now? Yes. They are awesome. They just set and they charge. It's beautiful. I even have some of the kids that have their own, you know, calculators. Can I charge my – so they come in they just put them in the charging station. Um, But I had so much fun last year playing with them when I went to the NCTM. Um, And the the TI, they were great in some of the demonstrations and stuff that they gave at the conference that I was like, I got to have these. I got to have these. Um, So I got a lot of help from Tracy. Tracy was very helpful. With helping me fill out um, She's a really my grant, good grant writer, yeah, helping me fill out my grant money, and lo and behold, we got them. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out how I'm going to incorporate them into my lesson plans. Um, we first started out with programming them, 
and we could program they have lights on them little small lights that turn different colors um, and so we learned how to change the color mm-hmm. of the lights that are on them then we learned how to move them forward certain number of bases how to move them backwards i'm so confused are you doing this because of the cartesian grid it's yes like it's graphing so you're drawing a line and your you calculator is yeah. moving yeah you can Are put up um, there's a place on it that you can put a pin so you can actually um draw with it cool so the pin like inserts into the little back of the robot and you can actually draw a picture you know whatever um so no. does your calculator go does your robot and your calculator connect? Yes. Okay. The calculator sits right on top of it. Okay. Um, and so it plugs into it. So you have to program it. And the the kids were getting a little frustrated because they're like, oh, it's not turning exactly 90 degrees. Oh. <laughs> so, but they had to learn what terminology to use. And it's real, it's programming. It's a basic programming because you have forward and the number of steps and backwards and repeat. So they had to learn lots of, of that. Um, the last time we used it, I videotaped a small clip of it, but they had to start at the origin and they had three cones. They had to... Um, go to the left of one cone, go to the right of another cone, and then hit the orange cone and bring it back to the origin. Cool. And the kids, <laughs> I think I had one group out of all three classes that did it that got very, very close. And we had to do it out in the hallway. And so when class ended, you know, we had to pick all of the stuff up because I had it with the blue painter's tape marked off in the grid and everything uh-huh. for me. <laughs> And so they were, can we please stay after? Can we do this during lunch? Can we do this? Can we come back after school? And I told them, I said, no. I said, we'll we'll get to it later. Yeah. So we've got to take um, our SGAs uh, next week. Yeah. So Tuesday and Wednesday, I haven't told the kids that they were doing this, but we're going to go back to, and they're going to be graphing and programming again. Good. They liked them a lot. Awesome. And an SGA is a student growth assessment? Yeah, yes. you learned that this week. I did. I got to give both of mine next week, too. Mm-hmm. Not the Student Government Association. See, every time Tracy says, I'm like, student go- Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I got to give mine. Um, so I'm curious about the programming part. Was this a first experience in programming for most of them? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, TI does a wonderful package online. They have all of the um, helps and hints, and you can print it all off, and the kids have it right there in front of them, and it teaches them how to go through steps, how to do loops, how to do repeats, cool. how to turn it, um, what angles, and we're kind of putting some you know, geometry in it, how many degrees do you mm-hmm. want it to turn to go this direction and that direction. So they're having to think about that too. It sounds very similar to what I did with my angles unit using, we have a robot called Dash and it's, got, mm-hmm. it's like blue and orange. And so we were doing very much the same thing, like hit this thing over mm-hmm. here, you know, or follow this path. That's cool. Um, well, congratulations on winning that grant. Thank sounds, you. And I hope they enjoy their second go round. We're going to, um, we post show notes every week so we'll post the link to the the to the robot that you have and okay. also to your tweet where i i saw you tweeted okay. <laughs> like when you yeah. did it that first yeah. time so we'll post that that video um so one of the things that i like to do is 
think about how my students are teaching me math. You know, I'm learning from them. I can I share one before I ask a question? That's really <laughs> terrible. I'm gonna but to just today, um, we were we were doing the whole mixed numbers regrouping thing and I mean I knew this was possible, but it's the first time I've ever heard a kid come up with the idea that he had, let's say it was um eight tenths minus nine tenths because, you know, the whole number and eight tenths and nine tenths. And we would, I would say regroup, right? Well, he thought, let me make that negative one tenth mm. and then do the holes. And then he knew that he could subtract that mm. from the last one. And I was like, if this is not even one of my little friends who usually shares amazing things. This was square, you know, dude square in the middle was sharing that. And everybody around the circle was like, whoa. And it was so much easier when we got to that next spot step. So okay. I learned from him and then yeah. I'm hoping tomorrow to let him share that out with everybody else. So do you have any times recently that you can think of where your students have taught you something? Not that I can think of. I may have to come back. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth, you got anything lately? Mm. Don't want to put you on the spot. I think I just did. But I think we kind of talked about that with the whole benchmark thing today. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I could have just said, it's not called a benchmark, a benchmark. it's called right. a hash mark. Move you probably on. got the word wrong. Yeah. yeah. But instead, we had this really rich discussion, and we had it in my first class, which means that I then got to repeat it in my mm -hmm. other classes, um, whether they brought up benchmark or not. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, that was... That's good. You know. You learned the, another... Yeah. That works. Um, so I am almost finished with my master's degree to be a math specialist. And one of the things, and you were a math specialist, so you probably will have this too, but can you think of a time when, other than when you went to Tracy's flipped classroom, maybe you already answered this, <laughs> <laughs> but somebody told you something and it was taken just for how it was intended. Like, this could make you a better teacher, not you're a bad teacher. You know, like how, what words did they say or did they say anything? Did they just give you an idea? What kind of places have you been in where someone's been able to give you some kind of advice or give you some idea? Because we're educators, right? And so it's really hard to listen to someone who doesn't teach what you teach, right? Right. I don't know. I guess I just, I want to do it the right way. And so I'm in, I'm the only sixth grade math teacher. So if I have an idea, it's not because I've done it. Right. Right. It's right. just an idea. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get a shout out to the University of Lynchburg. I am in um, a program, it's a cohort program for mentoring new teachers. Hmm. And I think that the language that we're using from the New Teacher Center, I think that helps any teacher. I use it on my husband, and he tells me to stop using that mentoring <laughs> language on me. Um, but it works. Um, it works with my students. And just by saying, well, what do you think that will look like? Have you thought about this? Um, let's look at this together. Um, do you think it would help if we tried this? And by looking at the student's work, assessing all of the student's stuff, um, I don't care if you're in sixth grade math or if you're in high school calculus. Mm -hmm. If you approach it from let's work 
this together and you've got somebody that's willing to try it with you, I think it's going to help. Um, I think the the mentoring stuff is um, a big plus and it's, it's helped because we have a lot of teachers that come through the education system that they're burnt out after one or two years. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just being able to have, I think being able to talk with Tracy and doing this, I think that's awesome that you're putting that out and letting people be able to listen to it because mm-hmm. it encourages. Because you know that you're not. You're not the only one on the island that's struggling with this on a daily basis. Yeah, I think it. I think that helps. I think that's a you know Mm -hmm. great that you have somebody that you can talk to and you can say, oh, I tried this, and you say, I tried that. Yeah, I I I feel for the people that don't have somebody to reflect to. I mean, we we are constantly talking about what's next, what's next. Listen how this went, you know. And I just feel for those people that don't have somebody that can just bounce ideas off of it's so important and we're not i mean we're two years apart in our you know in our grades but i'm just like could you please hurry up and figure this out because i'm getting ready to teach that <laughs> well yeah the the coherence map that i was telling you yeah. know telling you about that's just awesome and it links everything so you know what they should have seen yeah. it doesn't mean that they know it but they should have seen it and they've mm-hmm. seen something that looks like it so and, we'll we'll know. link that mary was telling us about a um coherence map that it's it's um common core but you know you know oh, certainly guess what useful. the title was on her email what low floor high ceiling oh. task <laughs> there you go that's Check the noise off. i'll start making every yeah. week <laughs> <laughs> um but there's you know it's a similar it's not probably as helpful but that that's mm, what's that called where it's there's a virginia one where it Oh, I can't the think vertical of the, articulation. Yeah, vertical articulation. It's kind of related, but not the very same. Very similar, yeah. yeah. I have found that very helpful. I was trying to help Adelie, my daughter, figure out what were some things that she could work on towards seventh grade math to help her yeah, maybe make ready. that jump, you know? And so I looked there to see, like, what, you know, what's patterns and where's that go next? Right. Or continuing along this same line of growth, where have you seen growth this year in your teaching and in or you could answer, what are you still hoping to grow in? <laughs> or both. I really would like to have one class that is nothing but a problem-based learning class. Ooh. So maybe we should have asked this at the beginning. Can you tell us what exactly what classes you teach? I'm sorry we didn't ask that at the beginning. Um, I have This year I have three advanced algebra two classes. And which are made up majority of ninth graders. Okay. Um, I have a few tenth graders when they come from private schools. They usually have geometry first. So I have a few tenth graders that are taking the advanced algebra two. And then I have two regular algebra two classes. Okay. And that's made up primarily of 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Okay. Awesome. Which, if you could pick, which one would be your one that you'd make problem-based learning? The advanced algebra two class. Okay. Because I like throwing the robots in. Mm-hmm. And TI has a lot of, like I said, a lot of help as to get started. But trying to figure out exactly where I should put the robot in my lesson plan so it best hits what I need for mm-hmm. that particular section. Um, I like putting it in with the quadratics. But I also like doing my Angry Bird project. So they have an Angry Bird project that they have to present Mm -hmm. for their quadratics test. And they really like that this year, I think. Hmm. Cool. So 
Yeah, I mean we're <laughs> right shooting the birds, and they yeah, have to yeah. hit, and they have to figure out the vertex. And is it? It's, are they doing that online, or are you like actually real shoot? What do you no. want to tell some more about um, that? I give them um, blackbird, bluebird, yellowbird, um, redbird. And each one of them has certain specific things, and they ha- the kids have to come up with an equation. They have to draw it. They have to model it, and then I give them three places that the pigs are at, and they have to tell me if they hit the pigs okay. <laughs> when, they, when they're launched. Um, so some of them I would give just um, where they start from and where they land okay. and their height. Um, some of them I give them an actual equation. Some of them I give them a graph, and they have to come up with the equation that matches cool. the graph. Okay. So it just depends on what bird they are. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so is that differentiated? Like, I don't know enough about teaching that as to one of those would be easier, or are they all kind of the same? Um, by just giving them a graph, they have to actually look at the graph. They have to place the model over top of a grid. So they would have to be able to figure out what the vertex is, what okay. the maximum height is, where it crosses the x-axis, as opposed to me just giving them an equation, and they can put that in the calculator, and they know that. Got it. Mm. Okay. Cool. cool. So I just presented at VCTM, and I did Tracy Zager's book, Becoming the math teacher you wish you'd had. And in one of those things, she talked about being in sixth grade or seventh grade and asking her teacher why two to the zero power was one. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was just like, it just is. We just memorized that. And she said it really <laughs> bothered her because she really wanted to know. And so as a sixth grade teacher, I have researched it and figured out um, and teach the reason why behind it. So I'm at this conference and I said, so anything to the zero power is one. And this high school teacher stayed after to tell me that I shouldn't say that because zero to the zero power isn't necessarily one. And he went into this whole big thing, but it was really kind of like, well, I wish that third grade teachers wouldn't say the big number always goes in the house when you're dividing Mm -hmm. because it doesn't always go in the house when you're dividing. And so there's a lot of things that as a middle school teacher, because I don't understand the high school math, is there something that you wish, like we call them, um, rules that expire. Yeah. Expired (laughs) rules and myth busters, math busters. So we've busted that myth. Is there something that kids come to you? Thinking is true, and you have to say, well, it's not, because here's an example. I can't really think of anything directly Hmm. that relates to that other than, and I know you address it in your class, but whenever we have word problems or whenever we're asking the students to solve something, Making them check, they just they just want to give an answer. And making, if I want the, what's the area of this rectangle? And they say, well, it's 1,244,000. And I'm like, that won't fit on that paper. <laughs> <laughs> so having, um, one of my colleagues said something about having a math intuition. Hmm. Does it match with what you're being asked? Not just, are you answering the question? But are you answering what the question asks you to look for? And 
I don't know how to hit that all the time. I'm, I'm dodging it at the mm-hmm. high school level. Yeah. So I'm sure at, you know, elementary and middle school level, it's rough. But just having them have that ability to say, that doesn't look quite right. So like the, the common sense to know, you know, if you're figuring out a word problem and it was going to find you temperature and, you know, you realized it's $25 or yeah, or like 437 <laughs> degrees outside. And you're like, no, no, yeah. I don't think that no. works. Yeah. Reasonableness. Yeah. yeah. You know, even labeling the word problem, I, that's part of your grade on the test. If it says how many kits are you going to need and you just write six, even if six is the right answer, I take points off because you didn't write six kits. Right. Right. And I don't know what else to call that other than the word problem label. Yeah. I call it the unit. Yeah. What, what I call it the unit. The, the unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's a struggle. A lot of them are like, they've scanned it and they found the keyword. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Keywords. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of Tracy's favorite things. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, to one of the warm-up that I put on the board today was that famous problem. Would you rather have a million dollars or would you rather get a penny that's Ooh. doubled every week for a whole year? Yeah. So, of course, they were like, I want the million dollars. I don't want pennies. I was yeah. like, okay, we're doing sequences and series. Let's see what this looks like. Can you make an explicit formula from, you know, the first five or six terms? And they're like, oh, this is math. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just and, would you rather. Yeah. And yeah. then and then they told me, they said, can I change my mind? I think I do want the pennies now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that whole reasonable, you know, our answer, answer is reasonable our, our, is tough. And I think we get so, you know, sometimes the the estimating might come before. And if, you, if, you're, if you're learning how to do something, we might estimate and then we might – find the exact and then it's like we forget that estimating is important to yeah. start with you yeah. know but it, it's important i think before and after like to go back and check it yeah yeah all right i will have a renewed um <laughs> determination to make sure we have reasonable answers check Thank to you. see um so it, anything else that you want to share any questions not that we can answer them but (laughs) questions we can post to our listeners out there um how much are um in the elementary because you said you had just tried uh, decimals Mm -hmm. how much are from elementary to middle school are teachers out there using decimals so i don't think i think there's one other teacher in my building that has used it um, but I feel like on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of a lot. people are, you know, yeah, I and, do. um, one of the resources that I'll share is this, um, it's a spreadsheet that's been created for Virginia. I'm sure there are others that are common core, but I have a spreadsheet that's like, here are Desmos activities for kindergarten and first grade oh. and second grade. And so, yeah. um, that's been a great resource. I've been using it to, for, in my remediation. Um, so I, found out when we went to VCTM when I was sitting in the Desmos I found this really cool Desmos integers and it was about batteries mm-hmm. like cell phone batteries yeah. and so they had to look at the shaded battery and write the percentage oh okay yeah okay well I found it and then I went to school and I searched Desmos and I searched Desmos and I found out that if it's not a Desmos created activity it's just created by a teacher you can't find it on the desmos site as soon as i stopped searching the desmos site and searched in google Google. for battery desmos 
it came up. But I can't tell you how frustrated I was when I only used Desmos as my search engine to type in my sixth grade objectives and there wasn't anything there. Good to know. Good to know. But if you just search Google, then those Desmos activities come up and there's so much, which is where I'm sure most of those came from. Because if you go to the Desmos, it started as a high school program. And so that's where the majority of the stuff is. So that was a really good like, ha. And then we learned at that, that one of those conferences that if you get in there and you've like, so she's on her battery one, then you can bookmark it. Yeah. If you're logged in and it'll, it'll always yeah. show back up yeah. later. Yeah. So to answer your question, where we are, not many people are using it, but we keep preaching about it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and um, keep I think preaching. it's, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to happen. There's, there's so many, it's just so versatile and there's so many. And I, presented at ACSI to some Christian school teachers and the high school teachers that were in the room were like, Oh, I thought Desmos was just a calculator. Oh no. And we didn't need it because we have our other calculators. You know, there's not this, you're going to have to use this Desmos calculator on the SOL. So they just were like, we don't need it. And even at my school, they say, well, we don't use the Desmos calculator because they would access it on their iPad, but they can't have their iPad during testing because they could access other things. Yeah. We've, at the high school level, we use PowerTest, and PowerTest doesn't allow you to open up any other tabs. Yeah. And so oh. it's been a real struggle this year. I have all of my tests and everything have gone to Google Docs so that I limit it to two tabs. They can have the Desmos open and the Google Doc open cool. so that they can use it. Um, With GoGuardian? Mm-hmm. Is that how you're yes. doing two tabs? Yes. Um, the the sample, the test nav practice, that's really good because it is, it is built in mm-hmm. to that one. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. I'm just worried about what the test questions will look like because I'm like, this is too easy. They don't even have to solve for why. They just put it in and it yeah. graphs it for them. So I'm worried about they're all going to be word problems. <laughs> yeah. So so related to that, just one of the parts of my training this past week was, look, fourth and fifth grade teachers, do you realize how much our kids can use a calculator for now? That is that that's you're saying that's a change for you too. Like yeah. so. There's a there's going to be a very small amount of computation problems at the beginning of our test, and then tons of the test is going to be with a calculator. And so at first we're like, woohoo, this is going to be great. But I, you know, they're going to write those questions to, to where you know the division has a remainder, and what do you do with the remainder? Yeah. Um, so it's a, I think it's a good and bad thing. But yeah. I'm excited that you know now it's assessing. Can do you understand the question? Not and and can you interpret the question? Not yeah. just can you hmm. do the computation? Yeah. So yeah. that'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I go in July to um, review the Algebra Two SOLs Ooh. on the uh, DOE. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see what some of the new ones will. I've look always like. have. Is this the first time you've ever done yes. that? Yes. I've always yes. thought that. If you were a teacher that was part of the test review questions, that you would have such a better understanding of yeah. what you were teaching. Yeah. I think it's it's probably like long and painful, but I think it's <laughs> as a teacher would be so I did it valuable. When I was teaching fourth grade, Ooh. I got to go, and that's why when my principal came to me and said, "I'm going to send you to fifth grade." I said, no, they do stem and leaf plots and I can't teach. <laughs> I can't grade. do that. <laughs> because it was like this new scary thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I got to tell you a funny story about Simon Lee Plus. <laughs> we might end on this. Well, we have takeaways after this. But um, so I'm kind of in that like, oh, my word, I haven't taught everything. And I'm like in that panic mode that we all yeah. are kind of getting yeah. in. Right. And so one of the one of my solutions was that I was going to take little things and send my flipped videos home because I'm really not flipping right now but I was going to send like you have a week to watch this one thing about stem and leaf plots that's what I assigned this week and then do these three assignments that go with it and I'm hoping we've got stem and leaf plots after that like it's kind of like an independent at home study well this one guy who is never impressed with anything ever you know he knows it all he thinks so I'm, you can't see me rolling my eyes but I'm rolling the big time <laughs> he writes back on I post all this in Google Classroom, and he writes back on Google Classroom, I learned something new. Thanks, period. And I'm like, what a big compliment from him. <laughs> like, yes, yes. I'm so glad. So, stem and leaf plots for the win there, Ruth. There you go. <laughs> They're not even that hard. I, exactly, which is yeah. why that story is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I had taught first grade, and she told me that she had this vision of me in fourth grade, and I said... They do long division. I can do long division. <laughs> and then after two years in fourth, she's like, I want you to go to fifth. And she sent me to an NCTM conference in Roanoke, and I learned so much math in one day. I, I don't even know why we don't teach kids this way. I just remember I came home and I showed my fifth grade students everything I'd learned about add, subtract, multiply, divide. And David said, let's see, that's how I subtract. And then I just go back and put all those tens and nines up there so the teacher will say, I showed my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like it didn't mean anything to him. He was just trying to appease his teacher. That's funny. So. All right. Anybody got a takeaway? Do more Desmos. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's wonderful to have colleagues that like to go out on a limb and try different things. And thank you for inviting me. You're so and welcome. Thank you yeah. for giving me the insight. Y'all have more patience than I do because I still don't think I could do fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. <laughs> there's, there's good and bad days. <laughs> you have a, you have a, ta a takeaway, JJ? My takeaway is from not even in this show, but okay. Well, you want to share it? Sure. My, um, I was. It's a story that I've, I've told Tracy this already. Um, I got that book for Tracy. This week called Humble Pie by Matt Parker. He's a, a mathematician who does – he's got a YouTube channel that I've watched a lot and all kinds of cool things. And, and in the introduction of this of his new book, he was somewhere – or was asked to go somewhere and, and talk about the scale of, of how numbers get bigger. And, you know, to – in an example to show people the difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion – you know, he says people just see, you know, you add three zeros. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's got to be the same distance between this one and this one. And he was saying he uses the example of seconds and how a million seconds is like 11 and a half days. So that's not – in two weeks, you can be through a million seconds. But a billion seconds is 31 years. So, a, you know, some – you know, there are plenty of people that have not lived a billion seconds yet. And, pl <laughs> and there's plenty that won't live another billion seconds. Um, he said, but a trillion seconds is 31,000 years. It'll be the year 33,700 before we get to, you know, some huge number like that before we get to a trillion seconds. And just, you know, just you, you're like your brain, even I've said it over and over this week and my brain doesn't quite comprehend, yeah. you know, what that 
how the difference, just how much bigger. It's not just a thousand more. It's right. a thousand times that that previous number. And there's your sequences, yeah. right? You need yeah. you need that uh, little clip there. That. But can I just? You said you bought this book for Tracy. I did. And then you're the one who's reading it. And I, I asked her. I said, you know, well, I bought it because I was interested in it too. But it was it was a gesture for Tracy. Wait, wait till you hear the second part yeah, of the story. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask. <laughs> so I bought her the book, and I was like, do you mind if I read it? Because and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm too busy to read it. And I was like, great. And then I lost it. Oh. You, really, you haven't found it? You I haven't yet. Today? <laughs> well, well, you know what you it go. starts out. Yeah, right. I know. I know the beginning. There's two good stories in the introduction. Yeah. But, uh, awesome. Anyway. I hope it shows back up. All right. And if it doesn't, it's totally okay. You got We got one good story out of it. <laughs> My takeaway is definitely to be diligent about having my students think about whether their answers are reasonable and um and like not just when i'm helping them check something or fix something not just go to oh here's where you made your mistake but for the first question should be is that reasonable i think yeah why or why not like the number line i got today that said one fourth, one fifth, one sixth. Oh, that oh. hurts. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't even like stop at her desk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's the benefit of that whole like stand and talk to somebody. Yeah, You're yeah. like, maybe one of your classmates somebody will else help I'll you. let you know about that one. Yeah. And then I won't have to say, like, what? Like, what, yeah. you know, what did what you did learn you, in third grade? Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. This has been a great um, honor to have you with us. I oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And we always end by asking if we're going to run tomorrow. So am I going to see you on a run tomorrow? Only if it's not raining. Yeah. That, that was a nasty run this morning. <laughs> we'll see you on the run tomorrow? No. Okay. I'll be in the car driving. <laughs> okay. Great. All right. All right.